We are all connected. Join me as I talk to like-minded people about topics that are appropriate to the current times we are living in. My name is Lerato Shabalala and this is Relevant. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Relevant with me, Lerato Shabalala. Remember, you can follow me at Lerato TJ on Twitter as well as Instagram and you can go to LeratoShabalala.com to access the podcast. I'm so excited about my guest today. Um, the first reason is that, like I, I said to you guys, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I'm talking to my friend, so this is my friend. So you see, even when we're relating, there's going to be a lot of papering, but this is how it is. We are African people. Lynette Nduli, like I said, is a friend of mine. She's also the CEO of Innate Investment Solutions. She, is, she sits on several uh, uh, boards uh, as a non-exec member. She was the first, her CV, by the way, made me sweat. Like, I, I was like, wait, is she my friend? Like, I'm like, hello, my friends. Hi, my friend. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for hosting me on your new baby. I'm so it's, proud of you. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. So, like I was saying, you were the, the first woman in South Africa to um, be a so actually, it's got a, a, a sort of a bigger connotation, and I'm going to say it because I'm, you know, I've always downplayed it, but it's actually quite important contextually. Yeah, I was the first woman in the southern hemisphere. Oh wait, not just in South Africa. Yes, um, outside of America and outside of Europe, the southern hemisphere to become a general manager of what is considered to be in the categorization of international shopping centers, a super regional shopping center. Yes. The yes. pavilion. Yes. Okay. The pavilion at the time I was GM was considered to be a super regional shopping center. It was the biggest shopping center in the country at that time. Um, and also just regionally in terms of um, the Southern Hemisphere globally. And if you aggregated um, super regional shopping centers at that time, so it's like the mega malls um, across South America, Africa, um, Australia, the Pacific, it was one of the biggest. It was actually in that category. Were you aware that that is the, the when you got the job, were you aware yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was absolutely aware because everybody makes you aware. And you also need to understand that at the time, this particular asset um, in the asset manager's portfolio at the time was probably their most valuable one. Mm. It was the biggest one. Um, and at that time, and this was a good, what, um, 12 years ago, um, it was worth, at that time, 3 billion rand in South African terms, South African rand terms already. And it was really the crown jewel in their whole portfolio. Um, and so even when other industry peers at other portfolios were looking for everything from firsts, best practice, innovation, um, launches, they would typically happen at Santon or there. So I was completely cognizant of the size of the mantle um, that I was being placed at and on at that particular point in time. And really, for me, the big thing was, um, whilst I had great support, I also knew that I couldn't beep it up. Yeah, and you, and you couldn't. And yeah, we know, <laughs> as Black people, that when you... You are messing it up for everybody that follows, right? And everybody who will everybody follow. Everybody will be like, we had Lynette Nduli in, in whatever year, and she did this, and it'll go with you for the next 10 years, and everybody has to atone for something as normal as a, a mistake, which everybody makes in business. I think that's the only yeah. thing for me that is incredibly sad. How old were you? <laughs> I was 24. Oh, I mean... I I know, I just, okay, let's just, uh, are you at home? Are you also like me? Are you like, let's have a come to Jesus moment, okay? Because when you're 24, you are at res. 
address, okay, jumping out of the club and you mm, were mm, a GM. Now, mm. how did that come about? How did that come about? Sure. Well, you know, I don't know. Let's, let's maybe take it back. How did it come about? I started my work career very early. So, you know, I think it's really important for everybody to know that. I started my work career very, very early. By the time I was 20, um, I was in corporate South Africa. And um, how it came about really was I was on one career track in the accounting world. And I ended up working, um, you know, you know, when you get on secondments and you're like a grad, you end up with different clients. I end up working at this particular client who was in the property sector. And, you know, you're young, you're also there to learn, but you're also starting to build relationships with people in the different businesses um, and in the different boardrooms that you are being given access to. And so this particular client, I really enjoyed what they were doing, but, you know, I was also creating relationships with different people. And in doing that, I guess what happens is also when you are quitting yourself in a specific manner, you catch people's eye. Mm. And so when this particular client was beginning to embark on a program that not only looked at um, transformation, um, looked at acceleration of new talent um, and leadership capability in their business, also starting to look at empowerment. And this becomes empowerment of service providers, women in their business and that sort of thing. Um, they really started to, they, they really made a very big and a bold move in terms of that. So the first thing that happened in that particular business was a significant um, empowerment um, transaction. The second thing that happened in that business was starting to create programs now that would accelerate young talent into leadership and executive positions. And the third thing that happened in that business as well was also just to start looking at, based on sort of their portfolios that they had, how could they best share skills um, as well in terms of services and that sort of thing. So I fell into a period in time when that business it just finished the transaction and was now looking for this new pipeline of um, leadership talent, you know, to take them into the next decade um, of the business's life. So arriving for me at that point in time um, and working elsewhere, then starts this conversation to say, hey, this is what we're doing here. A few people have mentioned that, yes, we know you're not here, but they've mentioned that, sure, you're possibly such a good fit for this type of a role yeah. because you're the type person at least when we envision what this program will do and we've conceptualized who the person we're looking for are is you know we see a lot of that in you when we do advertise please you know um apply so you know i'm young very young at that time so it's a case of well um let me apply let me see how it goes uh, so it's a great big adventure i guess at that time and also in my mind at that point it's like you're starting out um, if it goes really up and it's a no, you would have learned something and you would have tried something new and you ventured something new. But also if it works out um, and you go there and it's not quite your cup of tea, you can always come back, you've got time. But also if it does work out, well, I didn't quite have the answer there. Yeah. So I did apply. Well, um, sometimes it's either also, you have one option, right? Which is it's going yeah, to Yeah, right? <laughs> so I did apply. And... <laughs> To be very honest, I was having way too much fun in the, in the <laughs> process. <laughs> you know, when you arrive at interviews and you're just there to figure out what type of Yeah. You yeah. know, uh, you know, they are also embarking on something new, but you can tell that even in, from a business and a strategic perspective, this is something that's also a new venture for them. So it's up to you to really define for yourself and paint a bigger picture of what you could possibly do. So there's no job description on the table. It's, it's a, it's a, they, they, they are literally in these interviews and these conversations that you're having with different people are feeling for an attitude an aptitude and a certainly different hunger and an energy. So, I'm enjoying these interviews. And of course I get to the final interview and truth, Bob, I get offered the job. 
<laughs> I get off at the job and of course, you know, everybody's wide eyed on some high bill, but you were going one way and we were starting a new direction here. Now when I you want to do this, I'm a shopping center corner lap when do I retail high bill. You know, and you know, this is the thing about property and retail and that sort of thing. It's nobody's career of choice, you know? Um, and a lot of people who are in that game today fell into it by 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 sheer coincidence. Yeah. And it's only in sort of the last five to eight years that you've actually got specific degree programs in property studies in the country um, and into the different um, areas of the value chain. But before then, it was very much people who came from different professions, different backgrounds, who had a set of skills and could apply them into this particular environment. So you can only imagine then when I come back and I'm like, um, so this is the direction that I want to go. It's a big, okay. So what's the plan? Oh, yeah, so I don't know either, but so what am I going on? So needless as I'd say, I then resigned from the, the one role and of course move um, ahead into the other. And sure, the rest is history. That's um, I did say I have incredibly supportive management. Um, there's a great energy and vibe in the environment itself. And all I want to do is work, hey. <laughs> Um, all I really want to do is work. All I really want to do is learn. So I'm asking a lot of questions. I'm, you know, trying to get involved in a lot of things. And it just, it really takes off. So I also really have the opportunity during that period in time to define my dream corporate job because yeah. everything is new, right? So you are responsible for your own learning, your own experience, and your own enjoyment of what happens. So I've also got to co-create this role with my management and my leadership in the business as well. So, you know, I mean, if you, and I, and I remember that we all sort of had very different experiences with that role because I was not the only person who was in put onto that track. Um, and I guess, you know, different people had very different experiences of it because, and it, and it came down to that. It came down to, did you partner to co-create your career or not? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Hold yeah. on. Yeah. So it was a special time. Nice. Um, and, and it was such a special experience. And it was ultimately that coming into that pipeline and then being promoted very quickly to another role that then led me into the executive suite in like four years. So uh, it's a nice segue into the point that I want to make um, yeah. about the C-suite. So the hmm. PWC um, practices and uh, remuneration trends report that came out actually this month says that less than 6% of uh, uh, people who occupy the C-suite are women. That means hmm. more than 85% of people who have a seat at the table. And I'm being very specific mm. about the table because as yeah. we both know, um, we're senior enough to know that you sit um, in a space where you most likely to be the only um, woman. Yeah. <laughs> What's that like after all these years? And I mean, and you, you can maybe make a comparison from when you started to now, but this trend report came out this month in 2020, yeah. less than yeah. 6% of women occupy uh, spaces. I mean, that's CFOs, CEOs, like what, yeah. is the, what is the problem? How is it fixable? Um, you know, so when I entered and started participating, particularly in our industry, which at that point was very untransformed. Um, you know, being an only was very lonely. But also at the same time, you're almost being treated like you're special for having made it. Made it. The deeper question that we all had to start to ask was, um, what had you made it through to make it? Yeah. I think a lot of, you know, um, whether you look at a lot of people who become first and become um, the only, and typically people make you feel special for, for, for being there. Mm. But what are you making it through and what are you having to survive and sustain mm. to be first and only? 
Yeah, because you make it early. Yeah. So very early in in my own game and very early in my own understanding of what and how I wanted to impact in leadership, I understood that I would never really be comfortable with that. It's not cool to be the only only fine there are spaces especially if you're if you're bold um as a person where you might be first but you open the door so that others can follow you um being only though um is not a situation a condition that you should sustain once you're in the room and you're at the table and you've got a voice and you can do something about it so you know, for me, when I still hear and see these numbers, um, it's, it's actually a two-pronged issue and a problem, you know, in the sense that as women, in many instances, um, particularly when one looks at corporate structures and very significant corporate structures, we are actually still participating in a game that we've been hesitantly invited to, right? So it's not our game. We don't define the game. We often don't have control over how the game is played, but it's a world that we're hesitantly invited into. And because the world has invited you in and you're not a founder of it, the same world can also kick you out. Mm. And even if it does not consciously and um, obviously kick you out, it'll find little microaggressions um, that it will use that become humanly unsustainable and then you'll want to leave. Mm. And I think we see a lot of that. And that's exactly what happens to a lot of women um, in the C-suites. You're either brought in, um, you know, to cover something. And I always call it like the glass cliff. And I mean, we've seen it in South Africa. There's a monumental corporate meltdown or a mess. The next week we've got a glowing transformation story because suddenly we have a black female CEO. How? (laughs) (laughs) you know and those become the things that as women we've got to be conscious of that when it's good that you are called to the table it's good that you have the skills and the competence to get you there Mm -hmm. but always question what other people's intentions and motives are behind it being you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now you were saying something so interesting earlier you said that your industry was less transformed um, when yeah. you first got into it. And hmm. I found it, it was just, it happened to be coincidental that I'm talking to a new uh, in property and infrastructure. And the biggest hmm. pay gap between men and women is in the property industry with <laughs> a 34% pay gap between men and women. It's the biggest. Yeah. In, in, and so I'm kind of like, how bad was it if it's still bad now? I mean, if the biggest gap in how much women are paid in property is, is in your industry, how, what? I mean, let me ask you a, a practical question. How many um, meetings are you in where you are the only woman? Not even black person, black woman. I just mean like a, a, a woman. Still too many, Lerato. Still too many. Still too many. Um, at least 70% of my meetings are like that. And that is why, I, you know, I'm, I'm very intentional in my own business, my own team, how I constitute teams and partner to make sure that I will prioritize women. Yeah. Because my sense is always that um, it's good that one has access it's not good that you're the only one who has access. Um, It's also not good that, you know, my, 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 my thing is also that you, it's also not good to, to, to end up finding yourself in that whole um, (laughs) crown princess syndrome, you know, where then you're the only face of, 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 yes, they need to be, Places they need to be different voices. Exactly, you can't be the only crown princess. No, Um, it's unhealthy. It's unhealthy for your growth. It's unhealthy for your ego. It's unhealthy for the world. Oh no! So you know, once you've got access, please flood everything: supplier chains, boardroom tables, meetings. Flood it with other women, right? And then also getting used to 
um, advocating using your position. So one of the things I typically do when I come in and I'm like that and I'm on the board, and especially like when you're a younger woman on the board, is that they're often young women in the organization who are there but not noticed. And it's, it's up to me to start saying things like in the meetings, um, please can we bring in management to the meetings to present on the issues that they're dealing with? Mm-hmm. And you start specifically pointing out to specific people in management to come and present. Because I have that power. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So now, and then what you do for those women in the boardroom is that as they deliver and present, you support, but you also ask them questions about the work that they're doing. Not as a punitive test check measure, but because you also want them to feel, let's have a conversation about, you know, the work, the value, the impact, you know, let's open it up so that they're not just showing you and telling you what's on the PowerPoint screen, but you also now have access to their thoughts and ideas. Mm. That's a way to amplify voices. Mm. You know? So no, we don't have to arrive and then you've got to start necessarily then start changing the whole board because, you know, board transformation is a serious issue and it's definitely one that we need to change in the game as well. And when we put, when they are available positions, we need to advocate that it is other women and we need to help other women profile themselves. But there are so many meaningful ways that once you are at the table that you can bring others with you. Yeah, because I... And all you have to do is insist on certain things happening. Yeah, because I don't think you can enjoy... I think I, I cannot enjoy anything if I am the only. Like you said... Yeah, he's gone. And, and I'll never forget that because I think part of the enjoyment is knowing that there is somebody like you. We've seen what inclusion does. And I was actually saying to someone mm. that diversity and inclusion are not mutually exclusive. Just because you are diverse does not mean that the, the different kinds of people are included in the decision-making. And the seat table is where inclusivity is really important because you can be diverse as at the bottom, which happens a lot in South Africa, and at the top, we are still um, very male and very... Oh, no, you could even be diverse at the top. Yeah. But because you have made it through everything from corporate culture to all kinds of dynamics in that same room at that table, impossible for people to feel included. Exactly. We could all be an A-team. But we have had Makayankini running next to the bus, guys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Okay. No, You're not the only one guys, who's running. Exactly. Who's running next to the bus. <laughs> exactly. And that's an incredible. Because we focus on diversity and not inclusion. We don't yeah. realize the two must go together. You have to include the people in that in in that sort of dis, decision making and the thing is what i wanted to ask you is both you and i are really short women i think we've got big personalities but what people don't know is that we're actually quite petite we're, we're small we're loud yes so <laughs> how much of your femininity do you bring and how much do you leave behind because we've seen stories where you know don't wear the mm. dress don't do this um don't have children because then you'll be out of commission for six months, whatever the case may be. So how much of it do you bring into, and femininity is different things to different people. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm just saying your, your essence of being a woman in the same way you bring the essence of being a a black person. How much of Mm. that you have to rev limit um, when you are in spaces? Girl, I'm going to flood the room with it. Right. (laughs) Yes, and you know, like we like to look cute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not about cute. So I'm not gonna wear black to help you <laughs> accept me. Gray to help you accept me into the room. The lipstick is gonna be loud. The earrings are gonna be on point. I'm gonna be wearing pink heels. and I mean. So here's the other thing for me is I walk into the room and I have no hair, right? And you think, okay, so what's happening with that look? 
but I am gonna girl the gold hair girl to no end because I'm not trying to look like you either. Exactly. Brows exactly. done, lips on, yeah, exactly. right? Yes, because that's important. Yeah. That at no point do people feel like you are there to be one of the boys. No. I have no desire to be one of the boys. There's enough boys here no. without converting me to one of them. I don't need to boy up. No. But I am going to bring who I am um, and what feels good about me to the table. Please yeah. also don't take advantage of that because you're going to come last. Mm. 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 And then I'm going to further encourage the other woman at the table to bring those elements about themselves to the table too. Because if you're going to look, if you're seriously going to be serious about inclusivity and you're going to be serious about you embrace us, then you're going to take us as we are. Exactly. Exactly. Not the way we want to take us. You know what I mean? You can't have us and nope. then want to change us. No, exactly. we're not here for your. We're not here for your delight. Oh, oh, your, uh-huh. your, uh, your delight and your amusement, your comfort, exactly. and your, and your delusions. No, but we're gonna bring who we are to the table. So whether on some days that is me rocking up, um, in a suit and in a very feminine suit. And you, you know me and my suit game. It's not Color girl, it's green, yes, it's, it's tropical flowers. Yeah, yeah. Or I'd be to oh, work up in a dress. I rock up, I rock up in my kente print if I want to as well. You are going to take the color I'm bringing that day. Yes. And then I'm going to still deliver value. Mm. That's gonna happen too. Mm. And then yes. Because I don't force you to be anybody else. Why do you have an expectation of that on me? So it's incredibly important that when we walk into these rooms, we come as we are. Um, We come with our essence in check. We come with that. Because, you know, we also enter these rooms. And these rooms, um, there's a lot going on, right? And we're also there to play a game. You know, business is a game. Oh, we're there to play a game. So if if you don't arrive strong and you don't arrive grounded, and you don't arrive centered in something, oh, yeah. right? And that thing is often yourself. Yep. It's so true that it's... Exactly. So you must arrive strong in yourself, you must arrive centered in something, and you must arrive grounded in yourself. Yeah. Because people, you know, I also always say to women in particular, Bossy, they don't have to like you. They just have to respect you. Yes. Your you friends just to respect like you. Your other your chosen family and friends must your like you. No, and I think we confuse um, you know, I when I was still a magazine editor, I interviewed mm. and I had uh, three very powerful women in uh, media, and they said to me, um, "So, are you um, are you a nice person?" And I said, mm, no, no, I'm What's friendly. Nice talk to me? Yeah, I'm friendly. I will talk to anybody, but I'm not nice. Because as a woman, the mm. moment people hear that you're nice, they somehow mm. think that you will excuse any and everything. I'm not anything. your mother. I'm not your mother. Mm. I, I'm not here to cradle you. Uh, I'm, I'm also not to see or clean at your house. So also don't come no. with me with like, get me the coffee. So you need to set those boundaries because, you know, we teach people how to treat us. So like you you are speaking to my my soul right now because you know it's it's all nice and everything and i think um one of the reasons why people love Duzo Zibini so much is what she said about women taking up spaces and leadership i know you started ignite essay because 
leadership is important to you. But when people hear leadership, they think C-suite, uh, German car, uh, double-story Tuscan house, um, and loads and loads of labels. In, and all those things are valid. But I, I think mm. leadership is not the things, right? Leadership is within. Yeah. So when, if you had five things that you could tell somebody about leadership, what would those things be? An authentic leadership, not like surface, I've got a nice title leadership, like leading for real, whether you're leading a spaza shop, guamashu, or whether you're leading uh, a JSC company. There are certain things that run through all of that. What would you say those are? Authenticity. Yeah. Definitely. And I think, you know, just back to the point we were just making about bringing your essence is that leadership for us has been characterized as a, often an older person in a gray suit who is able to dish out instruction. Dishes out instruction for results. And Leadership is also dressed in power, right? And power over others, power over events, power with resources. Here's the thing we don't recognize, though. The people who have made history and toppled things are not the people who necessarily had power, whether you find David in the Bible, or, you know, whether you find David in the Bible or you find... Um, a, 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 a young girl like a Malala, mm. right, in Afghanistan. Yeah. Those are people who did not have the attributes or the resources to be the leader, but they had one thing. They had the will and they had influence. Mm. They could move and shift others, mm. right? And the only way you can move and shift others And want people to almost go to war with you and for you is to embody what what the same causes and the same things that you're passionate about and the same values you want them to espouse to be. Yeah. So you can't also be saying to people, I will, I will lead you, you know, I will rule over you. Because we come from a lot of that. Yeah. And people resist that because it's like I've also part of when. You know, so now we're we're fighting, we're defending, we're not we're not collaborating to move. So you you've got to embody the very characteristics of someone and something that when I look at it, I believe in it and I want to go somewhere with it. And I feel like it is aligned to who I am and who I aspire to be. And that's not even without you becoming like a high role model. No, 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 no. Just you can talk your talk, but how, what is your way of being, Moss? Yeah, you know? exactly. And I think a lot of people slip into this mode where they find that they would, they would at least want leadership to be this construct, this system, structure, instruct, without understanding real leadership and the type of leadership that just eclipses titles, institutions, policy, whatever. It's authenticity. How are you walking? How are you walking through the world? Exactly, exactly, exactly. And 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 that's incredibly important. And I love what you say about influence because a lot of people these days because of social media and i'm I'm not blaming i'm saying a lot of people think influence is huge numbers that's not necessarily influence if you can influence one person you've already done the job the issue is when you think you need to influence the whole of south africa then seriously forget it you know what i mean forget it yeah forget it you You you, and i think everybody's trying to do things on these macro levels where you're going to try to shift a million people. Lalela, didn't do that immediately. 
Na manje go 2020 I don't want to end without asking you this question because we have like what's yeah. left. Um and I'm going to say something controversial but I mean you guys are used to me saying controversial things because the way I see it you can buy it by the way. Yeah. Anyway, you believe in entrepreneurship. But I remember yeah. talking to a, a very uh, well-established friend of mine in corporate South Africa who said to me that I, do, I can't do what you did, which is leave the security of a job. And mm. I like working. I like knowing a salary is coming in. I respected mm. her so much for saying that. Yeah. Because these days, everybody thinks they can be an entrepreneur. And unfortunately... Not everybody, not everybody can be an entrepreneur. You said something interesting when you were interviewed in, in uh, Fin24. You said that uh, entrepreneurs uh, eat failure um, yep. <laughs> for breakfast. And, I, and I, I agree with that completely because of all the things I've lost and gained because of this path that I'm trying to be on. So if somebody's mm. watching at home, how do you know if you're an entrepreneur? or if you're somebody who's meant to be a worker, by the way, equally are as important. Okay. I'm just asking yeah. you in terms of yeah. how do I know what I, 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 the first thing I think I need to tell you, Lerato, I think it's critically important that amongst us, there are people who do want to stay in the corporate yes. and the public sector. Yes. Because those so entrepreneurs are the people who become our clients and our advocates in bigger systems. Exactly. So it is critically important that in the ecosystem, and when we talk about the ecosystem, that there are people who actually do want to stay and serve and impact in that space. Yes. Right? But I also think that if you ask me for the one differentiator that says, what's the difference between a person who leaves that space and chooses the other? I think perhaps the, the, the biggest um, indicator of whether you can or you can't will always probably be centered around your appetite for risk mm-hmm. Always appetite for risk if you need um security and you know having a, a sure sense of you know your system the system you're in etc etc that's fine it's perfectly normal and um, people have different needs and you honor your needs yeah, but you know, for entrepreneurs, the reality is those are simply people at the best of time who um, are more open to far riskier situations as 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 we are, and also it also just and in many ways I often say this to people: check on what happens to you when you are impacted by failure. Mm-hmm. Treat failure as an event, you'll be fine. Yeah. But if you personalize failures, oh, forget and rejection it. and abandonment and those things, if you personalize it, then tread carefully on the side of the line. Yep. Because that's literally what happens on a daily basis. And don't put yourself out there in a position whereby if your own sense of self your self-esteem, your and, and, and your definition of who you are and what holds you up is centered around those things. Don't do it. Don't. And it's fine not to do it. But then be strong where you are strong. So, you know, I really love what you said about um, failure because I, I do not think you can be successful without failing. I, I think... Yeah. <laughs> I, I often make the example that uh, failure is your friend and that Steve Jobs tried about 15 products before he <clears throat> the iPod, you know, before he was like, hey, there's this thing that can have all this music. And I think if you give up the first 10 times, because if you think it's going to be three times and then you're going to be okay, that's also a problem. I think you really need to understand that and I think for me, that's the problem with um, the school system. We penalize you for failing as opposed to yeah. help yeah. you understand what you're doing right. And so what happens is that because you're penalized at school, the, 
the, the notion is that failing is the most diabolical thing that can ever happen to you. And so you're meant to avoid it. What happened? Oy, 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 yes. You know? Um, and I think when you find yourself at a point where, like you say, you, you can't be risk averse. So, um, yeah. If somebody's failing right now, and not if we have COVID-19, you, the reason why we would be in a studio, the reason why you and I are doing this virtually is because of social distancing. People can't see their families. So people are failing right now. Somebody's losing their business right now. Yeah. Somebody's retrenching people right now. Not like it's not something that we're talking about that will happen. In fact, it's crazy. Yeah, segwenzi. So uh, my question is, exactly. If you are in leadership, mm. and and leadership is 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 anything, you're starting your own um, business. Um, what are the things that you need to think about right now to move yourself forward, to not be debilitated by the failure? And that's not to say you're not going to have a moment where you are not crying. My question is, after you've cried, and after uh, you, you need end, to cry, you need to cry. You need to acknowledge, and then after all of that, what needs to shift and happen inside of you to pick yourself up again? Um, you know, I love the question because it's so prevalent to what's happening to a lot of people right now. Mm-hmm. Um, this crisis that we find ourselves in for so many people um, has taken away the bearings, yeah. as it were, yep. of everything from their identity to their strength um, to just fundamental things, man, that hold a person together. And it's not only psychologically and emotionally difficult, but it's also logistically difficult, particularly if you're in the process of losing a job the process of losing your business, um, incomes are reduced. Hey, we've got black tax issues, Bagiti. So yes. even if you've kept your job, you now have three, four, five new dependents. It, it, the tragedies are happening in the middle of this. And because we can't physically go to attend to them, we are needing to send our resources to act on our behalf. It's difficult. Yes. And I think what this season... Um, is, is also going to teach us just about um, failure, pain, tragedy, endings and beginnings, is that you need to feel them as they happen. Yeah. You know, this whole, this whole brand of, you know, toughing it out through everything. Hey, it's Puma Corner. The reality is your body needs to expel events because you carry trauma. You carry trauma, no matter where the trauma exists, in the cells of your body. So you do need to allow big things, big failures, big falls to happen and then fall all the way to the bottom of them. You need to hit that rock bottom highly. Express your disappointment, express your fears, express new doubts, express those things. Here's what you don't do. You don't build a permanent residence in the basement where you find yourself. <laughs> Louder for the people. Yes, you must go back. to the basement. <laughs> yes. Yes, because you must fall to the basement. Yes. Because it happens. Exactly. So please don't build a residence there. Yes. Please be there for a little while because you're human. Yeah. But then from there on, here's the difference. If you've survived it, there's a very real reason why that has happened. And you need to have faith in that if all you do is stand up, the next step will show itself to you. Amen. And the next thing will show itself to you because, yes, you fail. These things do happen. But yes, my second again, I can't be with your intelligence. No. I can't be with your I can't be with your talents. No. I will pull the loot except for maybe just the 
physical manifestations of what the success was before. Yeah, the cover. But I can't be now. Exactly. The cover. Yes. Yeah. But I can't now. Mm-hmm. So now I'm happy now. You know, you say. And one of the things. Right? It shouldn't take everything. Yes. I would imagine you say, I'm being a young kid, don't know. So that's the point that made you start. You start saying, okay, and you're selling me. Mm. You know, whether you've lost the business, you've lost a partner, you've lost, you're selling me. Now, and what is long enough of selling going to do? Yeah, you're selling me. And then you've got to make decisions for yourself. Mm-hmm. And you've got to be unafraid to make those decisions for yourself because people have their own problems right now as well, right? And yes, they want to care, but they're also burdened. So mm-hmm. please make choices for yourself as well. So that when you stand up, you are clear about where you need to go ask for help. You are clear about what you want to do next. You are clear about the steps and actions that you need to intentionally take to get yourself walking again. Because that knowledge. You don't lose it by failing. No. You know it's there, but you're just going to keep stepping into it on a daily basis, no matter how hard it is. And yes, things around you will still be falling apart as things go. I mean, as things don't take a day to fall apart. They fall apart over time. But you've got to keep creating that space and that channel in yourself that keeps saying, okay, when the dust settles, because dust does settle. All the time. This is this is what I will do. This is what I want to hold to. And then you've got to hold on to that. Mm. And you've got to go with that. You have to. Otherwise, none of us without that belief in self are going to survive 2020. Mm. 2020 in one way or the other has meant we all lost something. Yeah. In 2020. I know. So I have to believe that A, we will be here in 2021 <laughs> and beyond that. But two, what am I taking with them to that? Yes. Because then, you know, in Nyaga also, I find it, yours are not the same. No. no. But you will be there. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's just yeah. about anyone, don't make the failure. Um, don't personalize the failure. Because mm. after the failure. Yes, yes it's an event. Yes. Yes, it's- yes, it happens. Yeah, it happens. And it has consequences. But then through it all, you've got to say, because I survived the initial bump, I'm also going to survive the consequences. I'm going to survive my new normal. I am going to make things work. Because you made things work before. And oh. things also didn't exist before. Exactly. exactly. You were always a common denominator. Exactly. So, yeah, you have to have faith in that common denominator. You have That's to. such great advice. That's such great advice. I think you're going to help so many people who mm-hmm. think that um, uh, leadership and um, being in a particular position and having titles is the only thing there is. You have never said in this entire conversation, you didn't say go to this course, make sure you do this, make sure you do that. What you have said consistently throughout our conversation is be authentic, have the will to do it, um, be resilient, um, be okay with risk and failure. And none of that has to do with money, has to do with, that has to do with the essence of who you are um, as, as a human being. And that's why I love you. That's why I'm grateful. And we have done very well to curtail ourselves. Sing a too. How we do, okay? But that's why I love our friendship because it's based on authenticity and realness, you know? But it's, it's, we, I think it's important for people to see you just have to be yourself and whatever it is that you've been brought here to do, when you're open to being yourself, will, will, will come through to you. So my last thing to you is somebody's watching and they're like, oh, yeah, all of it inside the job. Yes, it's an inside job. You cannot source it. You can't. Yeah, outsource. all inside job. Yes, what yes. Of course, it's cannot. Exactly. Exactly. No man, no man, your augmenta is skill, no knowledge, no your augmenta was, no your augmenta profile, go LinkedIn, go Facebook, you know, la la la, we are augmenta on the internet. Exactly. But. 
you are the inside job yes yes you are the creation you are the creation and once you acknowledge that you can create honestly so if somebody's watching you the net and they're like oh this was so inspiring i really want to get a hold of hey you know mentorship i want you to mentor me or i want you to give me advice um what's the best way for people to get in touch with you um please people when i say get in touch i don't mean the dms please okay i mean professionally okay, my people so i need to be clear. <laughs> my, my um i'm i'm active on social media yeah um so particularly um you know linkedin um i enjoy linkedin in the sense that it actually does is a conducive environment for engagement and knowledge and that sort of thing so i really enjoy it but also on my twitter and my linkedin as well i post a lot of the things that i'm thinking the things that i think everybody you know would might be interested in um or at least i post the things i'm interested in and if you're interested in it you can get involved and my contact details are also there um my email is definitely there and i always just encourage people that ask me specific stuff you know stuff that i can actually help you get to the answer i'm also not going to think on your behalf but i think people also ask us questions for a very specific reason and are often just looking for guides mm. so i'm very active on those platforms as well um and I, and i respond i do respond yeah and she really does she really does at miss linette ndoli right and so linkedin is linette ndoli and um my twitter and my linkedin are miss ndoli which is m s n t u l i s guys we yeah. don't play like that ms okay ms ms linette ndoli i honor you i thank you i love you you are a treasure um you are a blessing to south africa magwande long may your blessings continue may long may your leadership continue and may you keep fighting the good fight on behalf of black and brown and african people all over the world and thank you for being my friend thank you my friend for having me i am hugely excited by this long overdue baby <laughs> i am smoggy covid <laughs> That's what Coco B for relevant. Um I celebrate. I celebrated because your ability to start a conversation um and delicately hold a conversation is a gift to the world and I just hope people keep coming here to drink from this well. Thank you so much my friend. Thank you. Love ya. Love you more. Did net into everybody. Mm-hmm.